Hello and welcome everyone to the next episode of the podcast, a cannabis podcast for budding enthusiasts. As always, brought to you by the number one sponsors in the game, Seeds Here Now, Best Breeders in the Game, all my faves, well most of them. Love that price, love that satisfaction, hit them up, you know why. Radio Ridge Nursery, Killer Cuts, do I need to say more? Go check them out guys, no brainer. Organic Gardening Solutions, best products down under, suss it out now. And finally, Greensleeves Merchantile, you know them. If you need them graphics, if you need them logos, hit them up, they'll sort you out. Big shout out as always to the Dragonfly family and to the Patreon gang. You guys are the lifeblood of the show. We appreciate you guys. Thank you so, so very, very much. On the episode today, we have the man himself, Coma of Prolific Coast Seeds. Telling us all about what he's been up to, what he plans to do going forward. And setting a few things straight. Let's get into it. Alrighty, so a big thank you and welcome to our next guest on the show, the one and only Coma of Prolific Coast Seeds. Thanks so much for joining us today. Cheers, brother. How's it going? Good, my friend. Good. First question we love to ask people, what are you smoking on at the moment? Uh, Currently, I'm smoking on some solventless strawberry mamba from Ridgeline Reserve grown by happy or grown by ridgeline and then processed by happy cabbage got uh, my little five grams i'm allowed to buy in oregon <laughs> they they'll let me buy a shopping cart of liquor but i'm only allowed to buy five grams a day of of rosin so there's that but uh yeah just a few grams a couple grams a day going down the hatch as per usual Love it. And so, in general, what are some of the dispensaries you rate in Oregon? Because I remember when I was there very briefly, it was a little hit and miss. Yeah, I mean, um, the dispenser that I work with uh, has our strains that are grown under my guidance, regularly fresh drops in Bend and in Hillsboro, the fifth element. Um, you can check out Archive Seed Bank for really good clone drops, and, and he oftentimes has really good hash there, too. Uh, shit man oasis out on the coast has some good some good herb and really cool scenery i mean like you said it ends up being hit or miss because the dispensaries oftentimes are just fluctuating on what they're intaking so it ends up being kind of just like um you just chase the the products more or less than than the actual dispensary because some of these guys like a great example here is is the uh happy cabbage team they make drops let's say they make um this really good flavor but they don't make it all the time well when they do make it some dispensaries might get it some might not so you're kind of chasing the drop versus chasing the actual you know this is a good dispensary or something so it sucks when you're on the outside looking in but it's much easier to follow the drops and follow the certain flavors you like whenever you're plugged into it. So the next time you come out here, dude, just let me know and I'll make sure for sure you're plugged with some fucking fire. And we'll enjoy a dinner or something, get a drink or something, brother. Oh, you're too kind, my friend. I think what's really interesting is kind of what you just touched on there where 
there's often a common sentiment, especially by like kind of the more Cali growers who kind of say like, oh, you know, the, the quality of growers in Oregon isn't that good. But as you alluded to, it, it's hit and miss. And that's, it's pretty much the case everywhere, even in Cali, it's pretty hit and miss. So I guess the question is, do you feel like there's much of a difference in the level of growers in general in Oregon versus Cali or it's kind of just like a rivalry thing? I'm not sure who started that whole thing, but obviously a bunch of really good growers migrated north and maybe some of them migrated south, you know, like this whole West Coast is, it's a mecca for cannabis. It has been for decades. We've been kind of on the forefront of a lot of stuff. But some of the best stuff that we have and we've gotten comes from the East Coast. OGs and sours. And this isn't stuff from West. <clears throat> this isn't from Oregon or Cali. So in my in my honest opinion, I just think it's one of those dumb rivalry things that people do. You know, it's like a, any sports rivalry or anything else. It's just a you're over there and we're over here. So let's kind of gripe, but I've literally seen absolute chronic in both places and I've seen complete dog shit weed in both places. And the same goes for people and for growers and for prices of food and for everything, you know, it's like hit and miss everywhere you go, you can find something good and you can find something bad. It's not really like a, you can't draw a line on a map and be like, this is where all the good growers are and everybody outside of this isn't as good it's like it's kind of silly there is definitely a lot of really really good growers in california they have a giant population they were ahead of the curve before a lot of places so like i said it, the west coast has been a mecca but oregon like we have some really really good growers here some great breeders some amazing projects and we definitely hold our own as far as anything rosin hash uh, anything herb all extracts you know edibles like we have really good good people here so i love the state and it, it really has been uh nothing more than a, a light in my life so i have nothing negative to say about oregon there's obviously shit growers here but there's shit growers everywhere so it's, it doesn't really mean anything yeah that's a sentiment i can definitely agree on so take us back what was your first experience with cannabis? Oh, um, so seventh grade, I used to walk home from junior high the same way every day. And there was a kid that used to walk in front of me or behind me every day for a couple months. And we would always walk maybe a block apart. And uh, one day after school, we just walked together. And he asked me when we were getting to my house, he said, you ever smoke pot? And I didn't want to sound stupid, so I was like, yeah. And I had never been stoned before. I tried to smoke pot one time, but I don't know. I don't know if it was like we were smoking fucking, I don't know what happened. It's just I didn't get stoned. So I told him, yeah. And uh, he's like, drop your backpack off and come to my house. We'll smoke some pot. And I was like, all right. So I dropped my backpack off. We walked to his house another fucking half mile. We get to his house. His mom's gone uh, at work for another three, four hours. And uh, we walk in his back room and he pulls out from under a love seat in his bedroom what is a fucking half a pound of weed. And we're kids. We're both in seventh grade. Flash forward, this guy ends up being one of my best friends and his dad is a fucking huge grower. 
All right. So that's where this weed came from. He just took it from his dad. His dad has fucking hundreds of pounds. So <laughs> flashback, he pulls out this giant sack of weed. I don't know how much weed is, but I, it was a full gallon Ziploc freezer baggie stuffed. It was at least five or six ounces, if not a full half pack. He has a little plastic finger bong, like one of the ones that's just barely bent back, kind of at like a little, like a, like at a 45. It has finger grooves with a little finger carb. I know a <laughs> bunch of people know exactly what bong I'm talking about. The graphics ones? Yeah, like the little plastic graphics ones, yes. And uh, it's got a little snapper bowl on it, and he just starts loading snappers. He takes like a f- couple rips, and then he hooks me up. And uh, I'm instantly stoned. Like, I got stoned after, like, two hits. I was fucked up. And I was in love, dude. I fell in love with weed instantly. I had always had this, like, really weird negative cloud hanging on me. I was, dude, just fucking my childhood was dog shit. So it was just this, like, thing. It just felt right. It felt so good. And, um funny i was chewing sunflower seeds the whole way to his house and i'm i'm just sitting there and he's all all right he's like now he's like you really want to get stoned he's like you're gonna take a giant hit and cough it out and i've never smoked weed so this is the first time i've ever smoked weed and i take this giant hit of pot and cough out the smoke and if you've ever coughed smoke out you'll know it is fucking so harsh on your lungs and on your body <laughs> And I just started dying. And then I threw up on his floor all those sunflower seeds that I ate all the way to his house. And uh, he just looked at me. He watched me throw up. And I think he got a kick out of making someone so high they threw up. And he's all, you have to clean all that up. And I was like, yeah, no, no worries. Like, I'll clean it up. I was so fucked up. But we ended up becoming really, really good friends. Um in fact, good enough friends that he ended up in prison not too long ago, and I've fucking been shooting them money and shit just that way his wife has has money because he is one of my best friends, and he did introduce me to this plant that I that I just absolutely adore, and I'll spend the rest of my life dancing with. So I feel like I owe him forever. He is he is one of my best friends, and Josh will see you on Christmas, boy. He's gonna be out right before Christmas, so yeah, let's go, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Love they put answer. him in dude in texas this dude just caught a case and has spent the last two and a half almost three years in prison as a parole violation because he had an ounce of pot and five grams of bho and i really want everybody to wrap their heads around that right now F- fucking five grams and one ounce of pot and they, they put my friend in prison for years of his life while his sons are in very important times. They're 10 and 12. You've got little boys that are fucking turning into young men. And you're going to take their father away because he had a little bit of a thing that makes him feel good? Do you know how crazy this is, man? We're living in some type of weird, I don't know what this is, but. This is just some Orwellian nightmare where you'll just destroy a family and tear them all down and apart because a man wants to make himself feel good. You got to be out of your fucking mind. That's the shit that we deal with. I know Australia doesn't have it any better, but it's just like it's just crazy to think that this is the land of the free and shit like that will still happen to you here. Not so free, huh? 
Yeah, it's a real issue you've kind of highlighted. So, just to extend on that a little bit, what do you think is going to be the future of the federal laws of cannabis in the states? Oh, they'll full. They'll, it'll be fully decriminalized soon. They'll they'll take their bad hammer off of it and release the banking. They're already doing it right now. In the next few years, there will be interstate commerce. They've already opened up interstate commerce once for certain deals because, fucking, I can't remember if it was Nevada or Arizona. One of those states ran out of pot, so they allowed one of the other states to move some pot over there and. And eventually it'll be full interstate commerce you'll just have to pay your licensing fees and then your tra- your transaction fees when something goes from one state to another you'll have to pay a fee on it and they'll get their money they built an entire system around this plant being illegal so it was basically tax dollars like we put everyone in jail and then we make them go through rehabs and shit and it's all tax dollars that's how we generate money from marijuana they realized quickly that they could generate fucking 10, 15, 20 times more revenue by just letting us have the plant and just doing it like anything else. Free market, you know, letting it free market run its course. We're never not going to smoke pot. Like humans love pot. We've loved pot forever and we're just going to enjoy it whether they made it legal or not. So I think they finally gave up on that and now they, they're just going to make their money this way. So it's just a matter of time. It's not that long. Maybe a few years max and it'll be federally decriminalized. And I think a lot of that has to do with them wanting to get their own hands in on it. You know, I mean, they want to be able to bank their own weed money. A lot of these fucking investors and a lot of these people are cops and ex-governors and people that were totally opposed to cannabis until they saw a way to make a ton of money off of it. And so they definitely still have their little cop buddies and their contacts and they're, they're still fucking buddy buddy with their senator buddies, you know? So like, that's how circles work. That's how they've always worked. Uh, I'm not a, oblivious to that. So I mean, I figure a few years max, it's just a money thing. You you can't put that much money on the table and not expect everybody to want to get some of it. So we're talking about billions, not millions, billions of dollars. So definitely it won't be too long. Yeah, well, I mean, kind of funny, but also reality. Like you talk about like investors being ex-cops and stuff. Like what about Stan the man? Like... What's the sitch with that? Get me started on him. I honestly, I mean, I'll tell you, honest to God, I cannot fathom how that guy is welcomed in the cannabis community at all. As soon as he posted a picture of himself in a police uniform and said, I was a cop, then you're not welcome here. And I don't want to be rude to police officers because I know that not all cops are the enemy or something. It's not like that. It's just that we're on one side and they're on the other. That's it. It's always been that way. I got raised in the streets. We don't fuck with cops. That's it. And I don't know how the fuck you guys think that that dude talks to anybody else. I mean, let's just be real. You're a cop for 10 years, 15 years. Who do you think your buddies are? When you shut off your cell phone and you're not stand the man on Instagram, who is your friends? Who comes to your parties? Whose house do you go to for birthdays? Who do you do fucking... You do it with other cops and cops' families. You're a cop. You were always a cop. Cops are cops. So now all of a sudden there's this dude who has access to all these weed people who's fucking a set. I mean, and you think he's the only one? I mean, you would be a fucking fool if you didn't realize the entire cannabis community 
on every level has some form of someone undercover. The federal government is not stupid. They're definitely they're watching everything. They're not oblivious to what's going on. So you don't think they've put their own players in play? I mean, come on. You'd be fucking silly. I mean, dude, I just don't know how people don't realize some of this stuff. But I definitely don't think we should be welcoming them with open arms when they, for decades, tore apart our families, put men and women in prison, took children and put them in CPS programs, basically stealing fucking children. Now that we're finding out about what CPS is, basically a child pedophile fucking hijacking service. Um it's just a joke. They've they've completely abused their power when it comes to this plant, and we should not be just welcoming them to our side now. You made a bed, now fucking lay in it. Fucking lay in it. Don't just get to come and play now. I get it. It's legal now. So sit your fucking ass over there and watch me make money. Watch me enjoy my time with the plant that I've loved, that you used to fucking cause drama I mean, how many times Stan put somebody in jail for having weed? I mean, how many times a cop got to fucking cause somebody's life some drama over a plant? Trust me, I've had enough interactions with them as a kid growing up, even as an adult, as far as cannabis goes, that I know that we're on one side and they're on another side. So, And it's not just him. Like I said, it's my strong, strong feeling that we need to defend our area. Like we need to just be very aware of who's joining and who we're welcoming and who we communicate with and who we allow in our DMs and we're talkative with and buddy buddy with. It's very important for some people to not feel like they're members. Like you're not us, dude. You're you, dude. You can make an account, you can post weed shit, you can comment in the weed shit all day long. But we should not be accepting everybody. You can try. You can sit there. You can be in the peanut gallery. But for for certain people to get held up, dude, you got to maybe prove who you are. Maybe throw in a couple decades of some fucking I'm not a cop shit or something. I don't know. (laughs) Just threw me off. It throws me off, bro. It throws me off. Because a bunch of people, a bunch of people are just totally oblivious with the potential of for disaster when you're allowing complete outsiders into such a such a fragile it's like dude this plant and then our lives like a lot of us operate on thin line you know what i mean so it's like i don't want to say too much and cause any drama for people but it is what it is we're, we're we have our lines and we have our rules for a reason I never needed to tell the rule, don't fuck with cops. That's not a rule that you need to tell people. That's the automatic. That's automatrice. When we were little kids, nobody in the neighborhood ever said, hey, don't talk to cops. We just fucking knew better. We knew better. We knew not to talk to cops. I'll tell you a quick story. One time I was sitting in a trailer with this dude. We are just sitting there smoking cigarettes. And this fucking ex-con comes in all covered in tattoos. And he's sitting there all fucked up dude he was all spun out and shit and he's like give me a cigarette man and i gave him a cigarette and then we left me and my friend larry we were out on the street on our bicycles for maybe fucking two minutes and this cop pulls up to us and he goes hey come here and we're like what and he goes you seen this guy and he holds up a piece of paper that had that dude's picture that we just saw in that trailer and it said five thousand dollar reward and i just 
fucking looked at the cop and I was like, fuck, no, we ain't seen him. Mind you, I'm a poor, very, very poor kid and I've never seen $5,000, nor will I in my mind ever be seeing $5,000, but the fucking fucking cops like, dude. And that's before I'm in the weed game. I'm not even in the weed game. That's just like street shit. Like, I don't know how we've come this far. Like I, I saw a picture the other day of a, a guy at a event. He was at like one of these weed events and the cops, you know, they're there doing their like just patrols, how they walk around and shit. And this dude took a picture with the cops and he's like, they used to bust us. Now they protect us. And I just laughed and I was like, why the fuck would you take a picture with two Riverside County sheriffs and be like, they used to bust us. Now they're our homies. They're not our homies, bro. They're not our homies, dude. They're not your fucking homie, dude. Please. It's just at some point it's got to be like, dude, holy shit. This isn't a real thing I'm dealing with. But that's with everything. I mean, we could just go on and on about the madness of the world. It's not just the weed community. It's like everyone's losing their fucking minds. So. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be so shocking to see silly shit happening in the weed community. Just because we smoke a plant doesn't make us, you know, safe from silliness. Yeah. No, I agree. And uh, some wise words in there for sure. So, before we get too into all the various topics of meme discussion, I wanted to dive into. Let's go back. You'd just gotten high with your friend. You'd established that connection. Do you remember what that first strain was that you were smoking? Or at least do you remember what it was like? Uh, it was just green. It was just green bud that his dad grew. His dad is a, was a grower in Texas in the early 90s. So he was really risking the biscuit. And uh, he had probably about a half an acre of outdoor that he a little plot that I had seen maybe twice and uh sorry I'm completely congested but at least sinuses got me but uh he had a little outdoor plot that we had access to the pot I don't know what strength his dad was growing but definitely good pot like it wasn't bad it wasn't seeded pot it was it was his dad's little private stash um just a really good green bud Definitely for a young beginner smoker, got the job done. We were always torched. His dad would leave like half-smoked joints on the lid of the doorways and windows, you know, like the little seal, like the above the doorway. So when we would walk around the house, we would just run our hand across the top of those doors because his dad would set joints everywhere. And that's where he would hide them. So we would just get like half-smoked joints and get fucked up. I mean fucked up dude i remember feeling like i was like mildly hallucinating like holy shit yeah good good fucking vibes man it, it, it was the best start i absolutely have the coolest memories of starting my relationship with this plant that i'll have those memories forever just really funny times with those guys with josh and ian that that are just forever man it's fucking great to look back at the beginning of smoking and falling in love with something that has such a huge impact on your actual life and everybody's life around you you know like it's just a big deal so it's pretty fucking cool yeah that sounds awesome so as you were growing up it sounds like you had access to you know more kind type of bud were you aware that there was also like you know the the reggies or was that just totally out of your world 
nah, we just got whatever bud that was around. It was it was just whatever. It was never anything special until I was probably sixteen or seventeen. I found a pretty good chronic connect and we used to just force feed that guy money because he was the only one who had chronic that I'd ever seen, like real fucking chronic, chronic. And uh, yeah, like, it was just random weed up until then, dude. Whatever we could get. And so, what was the first strain that truly kind of inspired you? Like maybe the first name strain? OG, man. I remember like it was yesterday. I was, uh, in fact, it's funny because my buddy that's up here. I got a buddy from SoCal that came up here to kind of help me do some growing and stuff. Snot Rocket. Uh, he was at my house when it happened. This kid came over to sell me some pot, and he had pure Kush, real Kush. And I smoked some of it, and I fucking fell in love. I had never smoked weed like that. It felt so good in my chest. My palate was just fucking – it was like – I couldn't believe that I had been smoking weed this whole time that wasn't that. If that's my, if I could make a point, like it was one of those moments where I was just like dumbfounded that I had been smoking pot that wasn't that flavor and uh, definitely OG. It still is to this day, real good gas. OG crosses are just like, I don't know. They got a place in my heart forever. And so we've heard a lot about the origins of OG over the past year or so with the TK origin guys popping up and whatnot. What do you think is behind it genetic wise? Oh, dude, it's, I don't even, don't even go down those roads and I'll tell you why, because if you go online and you look for lineage histories, it's just a goddamn mess. Everybody's got stories of where chem came from or sour og and what it's named for it's just all a mess i just could give two shits about it i quickly realized that i don't have a lot of time on earth so i don't fester into emptiness like i won't go into a rat's maze at all if i look at it from the top and i see what it is i won't do it i just won't waste my time doing it so something like that is exactly what that is um there's a couple other things like a great example for me and my type of personality is learning about computers and doing what you do. So I have a podcast that I'm about to start and I'm waiting to find the right person to work with, to do all my engineering and all my, my, um, post-production stuff. I can't do it and I don't want to do it. I tried to start learning it, but it's like a, it's a rat's nest, right? To me, cause I don't do computers. So it's just like all of this shit that I have to learn how to do. And it's something that it's like, like I said, I look down on it and I see it's just going to be a total fucking chaos thing. I just don't want to do it. And that when you go looking for any strain, I swear to God, you can go find five stories for every single strain on the Internet. And then if you go to somebody that actually knows about cannabis lineage, like Archive or or Riot, Riot's actually knows a lot of shit and Archive knows a lot of shit, you'll quickly realize that most of the shit on the internet's not true. So then it's just like, why would I fill my brain with false information or half information? It's just stupid. Like, if something's fire, it's fire. I don't give a fuck. If it's fire, it's fire. If I like the way it tastes, if it breeds true, just because something tastes good doesn't mean it's going to make good seed or breed true. So you got to just go. You just got to get in there and go. And if something's breeding good and it's putting out good offspring, you can keep the projects moving and 
I mean, that's really where I'm at with it. I don't, I don't go too deep on that, on that whole internet bullshit trade. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. And I think that's a, a good quality to have, but something I wanted to chase out what you just mentioned, some parents may taste good, but don't necessarily make good seeds. Are there any popular clones out there which you think fit that rule? Absolutely. Uh, Mac 1. Mac 1 makes amazing flour, looks fucking amazing. Every person who grows Mac, the Mac 1 has frosty buds. It always looks good. It always has this really cool, earthy profile that like, it's just different. It's great. It's kind of got a little bit of a mutant slow veg and it's got a little bit of a shitty growth pattern. It's not the most vigorous of growers, but the buds are really good. Everybody loves it. It does not make seed. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. I've heard from everybody. It doesn't make seed. I've dusted it with three different studs. It will not make seed. Now, maybe it's, that's why we're going to move into the F2s and maybe make a BX menu with some of the stuff. Like we're going to have to work projects with it to try to find vigor in that gene marker. So there's just something about that plant right out of the top of my head. It's the only one that pops into my mind that just won't make seeds. I've fucking worked with hundreds of plants and I can't think of anyone that's been that bad. So, but it's amazing flower and that's why people will still continue to want the crosses of it and, I'm pretty sure with some F2s or, or some BX work, we could find the gene marker that'll promote seed production and we can just work from there, you know, using that as a base marker. That's all That's all it really is, dude, when you're breeding is you're just looking for markers. You're just looking for the right markers. So every breeder's got different um, palettes and they have different ideas of what they want. It, that's that you know it's really it's kind of cool we're all like little chefs you know we're, we're in our kitchens and you just have to find the one that you like the way the food tastes and if you like the way the food tastes then eat there and support that kitchen and if you don't fucking go eat somewhere else real simple so just to quickly follow up on that one have you ever seen any of the Mac F2s that are maybe keeper females? I'm just really struggling to find some myself online. No, I haven't seen. I've seen some Mac crosses. Um, I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen anything. I also can admit that I oftentimes don't um, stay up to date with what's going on. I'm so locked in. To my own existence and the reason why i do this i have five kids i have multiple grows that i have to look over i trade jujitsu five days a week and i'm just like i'm just locked in dude i stream i do like the stuff that i do so then i don't have a lot of time for other people's stuff so it's it is what it is it's like a curse because i know that i'm missing out on interacting with people and definitely about watching projects happen and what people are up to and shit but i just dude we got one life man i'm just living mine you know what i mean just doing me so i'm not trying to bother anybody or cause drama i'm fucking just hyper focused on living my my existence i just started skydiving too which is fucking amazing so i just added one more thing to do <laughs> i'm just like I don't know, man. I don't see people's projects, so I, there probably is fire F2s or, or uh, you know, I'm, I'm assuming. I don't know. Did did he not make F2s? Has he made F2s? 
Yeah, he's made more originals as well, but I just haven't really seen much come from it. Yeah, I mean, if, dude, and you got to also understand too that just because someone's F, F1s were good doesn't mean that the F2 seed stock will be good. Matt, Matt kind of pointed that out to me, explained to me that it would be better for me to lock shit down through a BX menu than actually using F2s. You see more variants through F2s and F3s. So it's pretty crazy, you know. Maybe that Mac F2 isn't as good as the F1s. I don't fucking know. But just honest opinion, I don't know. So, and I know, I know, um, I just know that I don't pay a lot of attention to other people's projects. So it's not really fair to ask me that question. Yeah, no, all good. I did want to ask you something you just mentioned. You mentioned you were streaming. I want to sidetrack for a moment. What's it like streaming on Twitch these days? I heard it's a little bit going downhill, maybe. Um, I just got there. So the grind, you kind of have to just grind for a year or two to really like get in the grind. But we have a regular 20, 30 people watching. I mean, it's not a lot, but it's fun. I get, I drink a little margarita and smoke some dabs and play some video games and laugh. Sometimes I use it as just like a, how I do my IG live where I'm just sitting there talking on the grid and sometimes I'm playing games. Uh, I'm about to set it up where I'll be sometimes uh, watching YouTube videos while you can see my face and the YouTube videos so we can do like commentary on stupid videos and shit i'm about to have it set up a little different but it's fun man i enjoy it i think it's cool it's a it's a i don't know dude i'm just looking for instagram fucked us all over i spent years on instagram building an audience for them to just take it away which is really shitty like i got shadow banned because i like certain posts and i share certain posts and i say certain keywords and no matter what anybody knows or thinks they're listening to what you do and they watch everything you do and it's all through the program it's not it has nothing to do with some person sitting in some office going we need to shadow ban coma the grower it's dude if you like certain posts and let's say let's say a great example is they'll just i'm assuming i don't know for sure i just know what happened to my posts i started talking about things that were against the grain but are 100 percent factual and as soon as that happened i started seeing it and it got worse and worse and worse to the point to where my interaction is like less than one percent like they just took away my whole audience so i don't i just feel like i wasted years it sucks now, don't get me wrong. People know who Coma the Grower is, and they know who Prolifico Seed is, so it's not a waste. But imagine if I had access to my 130,000 followers and only 20,000 of them were real people that followed me, and I made a T-shirt for sale every month. I could sell, what, 5,000 T-shirts out of my 30,000 real followers? 5,000 T-shirts sold a month with a $10 profit? Think about it, dude. But they don't they don't want you to make money on Instagram, not without paying them. Every time I make a post, it says promote. They want me to give them money for my post to be seen. And they purposefully don't let them be seen because they know that it triggers a thing in my head that pisses me off and I want it to be seen. And if you have the money, you're going to pay for it. That's how a lot of these businesses have stayed successful on Instagram. They just pay the advertising money. And, I, and I've thought about it. Should I just pay for the advertisement? Because I have a business. This is my business. Something about it won't let me do it. I don't know if it's because I'm a stubborn Irish asshole or 
if I just don't like if I don't like Instagram, I don't know what it is, but I'm not giving them a fucking penny. I'm not gonna do it. So it is what it is, man. You touch on a really important issue in terms of how the algorithms are affecting our community. Do you think ultimately people will get so sick that we'll just get off Instagram or do you think there'll be some sort of compromise? Um, I don't think they'll ever compromise. Like I just had a post removed today for against their against their terms and it was just a weed post. Um, I don't think they'll ever compromise and I don't think that it'll be very much longer before something comes along that will take people's attention you know the same with my space something came along and took that and um, when facebook was out nobody thought instagram was going to be as big as it was so i'm assuming something eventually will come along right now instagram is just very easy for a lot of people so they're using it out of out of ease i think there's a few other things like cannabis and stuff, but they just, I don't know what it is. I don't know. They don't function as easy as Instagram. And our customer bases are on Instagram. That's where everybody is. So if I'm trying to make money or, or generate revenue in any way or build any type of momentum towards generating revenue, I need to be in front of my customer base. And that's where all these people are is on Instagram. So right now they kind of have us by the balls. There's really nothing we could do. Like, you just kind of got to just go with it and just, it sucks. Like I said, but I mean, there's really nothing you can do. So I don't see it. I don't see them ever changing. And I do see people getting tired of it eventually. But there's nothing that I see that's going to take anybody yet. So we'll see. Yeah. So let's jump back to the story for a moment. How did we go from smoking the chronic to then having your first grow? Um, I tried to grow for a second in Southern California. I didn't know anything about growing. This guy brought over a high pressure sodium bulb and ballast and hood and I bought it for 250 bucks and I set it up in a little trailer, uh, like a little, uh, not a trailer, but a shed in the backyard and it had no AC and it was summer in california and i didn't realize like i didn't know anything about growing i was like oh shit it's like 140 degrees in here i didn't have any plants in there i just set it up just to like see how the room would work so uh, i never grew right there i just started growing outside like i grew weed outside probably maybe like three four years i grew once outside in texas with a failed harvest i grew twice when I so once in Texas when I was fifteen, failed harvest. We uh, did not get our buds. All rotted and I got all like fucking disgusting and shit. Um, seventeen, eighteen, and nineteen, we grew pot outside in California. Uh, decent harvests, like nothing to write home about, but definitely learning about growing pot and learning about getting better with the plant for sure. I did grow weed for a long time after that until I got here at 26 and started growing indoors here in Oregon, 26 to now for the last 10 years, growing weed inside here um, pretty much consistently every, every year. Killer, killer. And so what was the first big name clone you got? Um... First big name clones I got were OG cuts from Rascal's crew. 
I traded Piasso Grow and Stinky Farms clones, and they brought some stuff up from Southern Cali, brought me up Wi-Fi 3 and the Fire Cut. Those were the first real clones I got. I had, I'd grown some good pot before, but I had never, like, done it. You know what I mean? Like, knocked out packs on packs of Chronic and really, like, changed my position on the board. And those clones really helped me change my spot, for sure. I started just... Dude, it was fucking day and night. I went from second gear to fucking just straight pinned fifth gear. Like it was, it was fucking crazy how fast everything changed. Like quick little story. We were struggle, struggle, struggle. I got those clones, vegged out a big ass. I had uh, twelve hoods in this garage, all OG, and uh, I'm see if my kids are crying. All right. I filled it up with all that OG, the Wi-Fi 3 and the fire, and I got like maybe 19 pounds, 20 pounds of like real good solid top nugget and sold all that shit at 28. It was the first time I'd ever fucking just lump come up like that. It happened so fast. Everything was always a struggle before, you know, you would like harvest weed and have to try to like sell a pound to this guy, sell a half pound to this guy, you know, you're just like hustling to sell it, but I had real gas for the first time and it was like gas, gas and that shit was just fucking gone. It was crazy. Those were crazy times, man. Crazy times. So the Fire OG was the first real good cut you no, got? No, not Fire OG. Not Fire OG, just Fire Cut. It's uh, not the same. Oh, okay. Interesting. So Fire OG, Fire OG is uh, probably just renamed, something renamed. There was basically Saturn OG, Jupiter OG, all these fucking... They're probably the same three OGs renamed. I mean, dude, a handful of OG cuts, and don't get me wrong... When the first OGs came over, they did what OGs like to do, which is throw an S1 here or there. So people found a seed here or there. The little S1 made a little pollen here or there. So there was OG hybrids made real quick on accident. And then OG S1s that were planted right away. I mean, someone finds a seed in something that's really, really dank. The first thing, if they're a grower, the first thing they're doing is throwing it down. So um, the fire cut is definitely not fire OG. And Rascal made sure he, he I didn't know that he's the one who schooled me on that. So props to him for making sure that the true stories get told instead of, you know, muddied up history. Uh, I don't know how happy he was that I got those cuts, to be honest. But I definitely got the Wi-Fi three and the fire cut from Piasso and Sticky Farms. And uh, it did fucking save my life. So props to everybody involved and. I really don't know what to say, but that was the first real, real dank that I got and the first time that things changed on my board. Yeah, okay, killer. Thanks for the clarification. I didn't know that. So, I guess the question is, is it still your favorite of like the OGs or what's your favorite? Uh, my favorite OG is TK for sure. Like pure TK is fucking unmatched. Tastes, tastes amazing. Um, but I'm just a... If you gave me good chem, I would like, you know, I'm the same way. Real sour, real chem, real sour, real TK. They're all right there with me. They're all the same. Like, I love them all to death. So that's my style. Gas. Love it. Okay. Yeah. So what was it then 
that stimulated you to begin Prolific Coast Seeds? Um, pretty much just my failed running of other people's seed. Like I grew weed for years and for a long time I was growing other people's seed and seed I was buying off the internet and just regularly coming up short, even to the point I've said this before, to the point to where I was questioning myself. I didn't know if I was even a good grower, dude. I, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Like I was just having a really hard time in the beginning and then I got those cuts, right? And it made me realize real quick, I was worth 3,000 a pound, right? Like in a busted market, nobody had no fucking weed money in Oregon, dude. Like this place was dog shit. So even in a market that's falling apart, I was eating and I quickly realized it wasn't me. It was all this whack ass fucking weed I was growing. And there's a bunch of people here that still do it to themselves in Oregon. Like you said, the booth growers of Oregon, how they have this like bad name. A lot of it is just the strains they're growing. They're not bad growers. They're just growing fucking weird strains that are not like heat, heat. So that being said, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. To me, to me, it just seems like, to me, it seems like we we made a choice we made a choice that we were going to lead our own destiny and i knew right away that i could do the job i knew exactly what it was to make seed i wasn't oblivious to it now don't get me wrong there was a bunch about breeding i didn't know and there's still a bunch of stuff about breeding i don't know and i love to learn and i'm getting better regularly so that's fine um i just knew that i could do a good job at it and it was an important position in the cannabis industry that needed to be taken a little more serious than a lot of people were taking it and that's that it was just that so we made the first group of crosses and we gave them to our friends to test nothing was for sale i was actually only making seed for me and my crew me and my immediate homies just so we could all have fire and sell packs of fire new crosses that nobody else would have the seed was so fucking good my friends were like, you have to sell this, dude. Everybody told me the same thing. They're like, bro, I just tested 30 cake bomb, 30 case s'mores, 30 meow, 30 honey tree. This shit's all fire. Everybody was saying the same thing. I got multiple keepers. This is fucking, I heard that from everybody. I got multiple keepers. When you hear that, multiple keepers, that's like a green light. Because I had popped hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of seeds and found nothing that I could keep. Nothing that I could make money off of. It all had the names. It all said cherry this or cush that or fucking OG this, but none of it was gas. None of it was cherry. None of it was OG or cush. So then I'm sitting over here pulling my dick, telling my wife, you know, it's going to be different this time, babe. We're going to harvest. We're going to have straight fucking kill. And it was a kill. And then it was a kill again. And then it was a kill again. How the fuck am I supposed to look at her in the face and tell her? How can I look at her in the face and tell her it's going to be kill? It ain't going to be kill. We don't have kill. So I had to fix that shit. That's what. I got kids. I got a wife. I got people that are relying on me. Big reason why I was able to learn how to grow and do this job well was, fuck, dude, if I didn't do it well, we were going to die. Pretty simple. Pretty easy to be good at something when you don't have a way. You know? Like, that's it. Like, we're here. We went all in with, with the plant. So... Which you're all in, you're all in. 
you can't pull the chips back, bro. That's not how the casino works. Yeah, wow, that's some real honest motivation right there. So, you've worked with a lot of different OGs. What do you feel they pair best with? What do you think is a good breeding partner for an OG? Oh, dude, everything. So, I don't really like fruity pot or like exotic like profiles really in pot. I like them in dabs, but I don't really like them in the flower. But when you put OG studs with like a lot of this stuff the profiles are like perfect because they still taste a lot of the offspring still taste gassy but there's these just undertones on the back end of whatever like i don't know if it's just my studs because my studs really do breed heavy so when i dust something that has no og in it a lot of the offspring comes out with og profiles a lot of threes and fives a lot of that leggy um, OG profile, even though my stud's a shorter stud, you'll still see OG uh, OG profiles, just the way they look. And um, definitely the way they smell. But like I said, you'll, you'll find so oftentimes that a lot of the offspring has these undertones and these side angles of whatever was dusted. So I, I just really feel like it goes good with everything. It ends up being just about individual partners if those partners mesh well because some females won't accept pollen and they won't make seed. And that could be that specific male to that specific female where that female would accept seed from maybe her brother or from a different stud, but she won't accept pollen from that stud. Most of the time, that's not the case. It's just that she won't accept pollen. Like the Mac one is a great example there where you could touch it with a thousand different pollens. Like it doesn't, like to make seed that's why those seeds are so fucking expensive when they go to market because there's not a lot of them um in in theory like i don't know i don't know man i don't know whatever next question <laughs> <laughs> no i love it man i love it uh, i should have asked you before but i forgot when you were kind of before you got into your breeding days were there any breeders you particularly liked the work of or maybe even looked up to and thought yeah like this guy really knows what they're doing oh yeah oh yeah like uh, as far as knowledge as far as knowledge goes i really feel like matt and and uh, archive they fucking are like human encyclopedias those dudes know pretty much what needs to be known you know like if if the earth was going to end tomorrow you want to take these two fuckers and stuff them in a hole somewhere so that way they don't so we don't lose all the weed lineage because they know <laughs> they know all the shit they're really both really fucking sharp and uh i looked up to karma a lot the karma crew are some um uh, just absolute legends and i truly feel like the like time tells the story with breeders and with people in general and karma's been here for fucking a long time dude and they haven't done shady shit to people over all these years and they haven't fucking lied to people or made some waxy drop you know what i mean like they've proven time and time again what their character is and that's what it is to me is like all the bullshit aside dude fucking time never lies time always tells the story and time's fucking never been defeated like we all get the story in the end so i just uh i looked up a lot to them i looked up to uh hso i looked up to uh 
I mean, I still do. I know it's not that I looked up to that, but I know what you mean. Like where I'm a younger breeder, kind of like I, I definitely uh, had a few people that were always I was always looking forward to to hearing talk and always looking to uh, to learn from and see what they were doing. So definitely, hundred percent. So. What is kind of your general vision or trajectory you'd like to take PCS in? Um, I have a couple pretty big ideas. I want to just, you know, it's like PCS to the world pretty much. I just want people to have a shot at growing real gas. If you live in some fucking third world country and you buy seeds, which people do, you know, I mean, I I can honestly tell you most people don't have gas. Most people in a, in the states don't have gas, especially places like Vermont or fucking Oklahoma or Kansas or South Dakota or these like off the wall states that never had weed programs and like nobody really set up there and shit big. They don't have access to clones and they don't have access to good OG or sour or whatever. So me making the crosses and making the seed and making what I made and what I do make is for a purpose. Like I want people to have access to that potential. The same thing that happened to me where when I just finally got gas, my whole life changed. Dude, We were struggling every fucking day. Dude. Every day was a struggle and we didn't know how the bills were going to get paid next month. We just would hope that it was going to be okay. Big ups to my man, Boost Freak, because that little motherfucker saved my life so many times. I don't even, I'm telling you, bro, I've had a couple homies out here that I just cannot imagine what I would have done without these people in my life. And I'm here now because of the support that I was shown by a few really close friends. And I mean, in reality, dude, like that's what it ends up being. You just kind of got to, you got to just understand that you're going to set your own pace. You're going to set your own mission. And, and we've set our own pace. That's why I don't rush menus. Like a lot of people's like, where's the next menu? Where's the next menu? I'm not going to sell you guys something that's not ready. I'm not going to sell you anything that's not proper. So we just finish what we're doing. We're waiting to do these giant hunts. That way I could truly look through the gear. And I mean, I don't know. This is what it is, dude. I, I got a ton of people online that are supporting PCS, whether we instantly launch or, or launch a next menu or not. So like, I feel really comfortable with my position and we're just going to do what we've done consistently the whole time, which is not fuck with anybody. We don't, we don't lie to anybody. We don't rip anybody off and that's it. And I truly feel like it's the best advice I could give to any young entrepreneur coming into the cannabis industry or any industry in general just don't be a piece of shit and you're already ahead of the game you're already 80 percent ahead of the game there's fucking only you're already in the top 20 percentile just don't rip anybody off don't lie to anybody don't do anything shady or sell some fucking cut cart pens or fucking you know what i'm talking about like everybody's always trying to get over on everybody just don't be that guy and you're already in the top tier so you're ahead love it Love it. We're going to get back to that topic in a little bit and you'll know what I'm talking about when we get there. But for the moment, let's jump back a minute. What was the process like for creating the PCS1 mail? Like guide us through its genesis. Okay. So I basically had a pretty big uh, hoop house outside that I was just not sure what I wanted to do. 
So I flowered out a bunch of Casper OG seeds. Um, in reality, I didn't find any females that I liked. I was not even going to use the Casper OG male. I was going to use a, uh, a Scott's OG male. I was going to go a, a different way. But I have a, at the time, I have a really, really good Scott's OG female. Probably one of the better cuts that I've ever come across and found in my life that I found from Seed. So I know I'm one of the only few that has this specific cut. I had given it out to a couple people, but it's pretty pretty close. And uh, I dusted that Scott's with the really gassy OG Dom Casper OG male that I found. When I collected that seed, I probably had maybe 3,000 seeds, 5,000 seeds. I quickly gave a shitload of them to my friends, and I only planted maybe 150 of them. I did not find what I was looking for in the first group, and I'll quickly explain I was searching for short. I just really had this concept that if I could find an incredibly short OG Dom plant, then I could defeat the one thing that causes issues in everybody's OG projects, which is this lanky shit, right? OG has this fucking tendency to just run on everybody. So I was specifically looking for a gene marker, like I told you earlier, that was going to promote this short plant growth. And because uh, the next step was to touch my Wi-Fi 3. And I know the Wi-Fi 3 just happens to be a short OG structured plant. It tastes like gas, tastes fire, but it does not grow like a lot of OGs, like the San Fernando Valley or, or, or the fucking TK, how they'll run on you. They get leggy. Wi-Fi 3 does not get leggy. So I know if I could get this second, this this fucking first layer done on a short scale, and I'm gonna dust this Wi-Fi three, then I'm gonna have this double G marker of short plants, and that's exactly what happened. The second time I went through that seed stock, I planted 200 plus seeds. I found an incredibly gassy OG Dom plant that was fucking short as shit. I dusted my Wi-Fi three with that pollen. Mind you, the whole time I'm dusting a bunch of other shit, so I have a bunch of these projects, like all types of side projects. But that's where the mail came from, was me dusting this Wi-Fi 3 with that shorter stud from the Casper on the Scots, which are both leggy, mind you. The Scots is leggy and the Casper is leggy, so it was just a total random find that I found a short, short uh, child from that cross. The Wi-Fi 3 cross was 175 seeds once we dusted the Wi-Fi 3, and I found the PCS1 stud. I instantly knew which one I liked out of the crop, out of the group, and I isolated him, took a bunch of cuts, and started making the projects, like started using him, that first one from seed. Uh, I've since just been taking cuts of cuts and just keeping him alive and keeping him in my rooms in vegetative state anytime ready to go anytime he's ready to, to bust a nut always hanging out <laughs> I love it so uh, what are some of the attributes or characteristics of males that you like to look out for when you're selecting something or is it more of a by feel thing oh uh, no you have to you have to do 
Well, Archive said something that was kind of smart. He says, you know, that's what's cool about reversals is you can taste the male before you have the male pollen because you're reversing a female. So you kind of know where you're at. It makes a ton of sense. It's uh, something that I didn't do. I'm going to have other projects in the future, and it's something I probably will do. So it's cool. But as far as my selecting, I was just selecting on vigor. I was selecting on on actual growth pattern and that's about all i could select on you know smell vigor and how it actually is growing so we when i took clones you got to realize i I guess i didn't explain when i chose the pcs1 male there was a whole lot of males in there and when i took the clones you know there's probably four or five males that are pretty short and then there's another four or five that are not that short, but still gassy. And one of these males is going to be PCS one. When I took the clones, I, I, the first thing I'm looking at is which ones are rooting fast. Cause that's instant vigor. That's telling me a real important story. And the PCS one male that I did select was absolutely the first one to start rooting. And it was fully rooted at like eight days, completely rooted, ready to be transplanted. So completely full of vigor, OG Dom, short structure, just everything that you could. If you were going to draw one up, it would be what you would want. You know what I mean? It has what you need from the OG and it has what you don't want. I I did exactly what I tried to do with it. It breeds true. Everything it touches go, turns to gas. So it's just an incredible, incredible first, first stud to come out the gate with and, and make some really good projects for people to enjoy. Hell yeah. So you just briefly spoke about how many seeds you like to pop and how many you had popped in the past. Pretty nice numbers you had there. I guess as a general rule of thumb, obviously people can do amazing work with small number of seeds, but in your mind, what are the numbers you'd like to work with to feel confident that you were doing the project justice? Um, in reality, a couple hundred per if I'm really selecting at least a couple hundred, but that's just me. I am a little bit of a over, like I, I just, dude, I'm so worried. Like when we found keeper case Morris, I was kind of like, fuck. Cause I had already seen kids online with what I thought maybe might be better case Morris. And I, and I'm like, that kid only popped 20 seeds and I popped fucking 200. So it's like, I'm always a perfectionist. It made me want to go back through case Morris and pop even more of them. And he very well may have had the better ones. So in, in my in my eyes, it's a couple hundred, but that's just me. You can find heat in a 10-pack, 20-pack, dude, and just find absolute kill. But breeding, a little bit different. It's definitely nice to be able to look through through seed stock. At least a hundred or a couple hundred would be probably probably a little bit better for for us as breeders as we're looking for as many as many uh, variables as we can find here. Yeah, okay. And how would you feel if someone bought, say, one or two packs of your gear, found a male, and started breeding with that? Dude, a bunch of people hit me up and ask me if they could use my stuff in their projects, and I don't have any problem with that at all, dude. That's kind of what this whole thing is. You know, it's like if your projects are good, people will like them, and maybe there will be better pot out there. I don't have any qualm with people making money, people making good chronic people smoking good chronic like all of that sounds good to me so as long as you don't go renaming shit and changing names and taking my lineage away from me then 
I'm fine with whatever people do with my seed, to be honest, man, straight up. Yeah, that's an awesome attitude to have, I think. So, what are some of the plants you want to work with going forward? Maybe some of the females you plan to breed with. Um, so, I'm gonna be doing, I'm gonna be doing a bunch of TK stuff. Speaking of, I'm gonna be doing some chem work and some sour work, making some some chem and sour hybrids. Uh, essentially, dude, I'm just gonna be sticking with what I enjoy and the same thing that I've done the whole time, which is just a lot of gassy hybrids and tried to bring bring girth from the chem side of my chem four line into a lot of these these other projects that i have and basically chem sour og man chem sour og for me it's a tried and tested combo right absolutely absolutely well i think that's where a lot of breeders have gone weird where they're all trying to be like the next they're trying to make the wheel over when there's still a bunch of hybrids that are really good that could be made with chem sour and og different og profiles chem 91 is not the same as chem 4 there's a couple different sour diesel profiles that are really good like let's fucking see where this shit could take us and then introduce some of this land race stuff that's gonna throw an entire new plethora of of hybrid f1 fucking offspring out i mean dude that's where it really we gotta we gotta work on our end before we're just like you know let's just fucking mix and match with this garbage from the hills of Peru that's been growing at fucking 10% THC for the last 50 years. Like, I get it. There's there's genetic diversity in there that we don't have that could change ours, but let's build ours up. Let's make sure our shit's super fire. Like, I don't know. I just feel like it's all fresh and brand new. We haven't even come close to touching the tip of the iceberg the actual the actual beast that is within our potential with our our diversity we have now with our libraries we have now it's just like unlimited potential so i'm just ready to to see what we could do as far as with our chems and sours and our our different hybrid projects because i really feel like there's a lot left to untouch that's untouched yeah i would agree so you touched on a staple of the show, the Chem Dog. Which one is your favorite? Uh, Chem Four, Chem Four for sure. It's got this amazing, juicy, big bud structure. It's a little slow. It's what I don't like about it. It takes about eleven, eleven, maybe even a uh, twelve weeks to finish properly, and I don't like that at all. It's a little fickle to grow too. So we're already working on on making some hybrids that carry that same profile over, but finish a little bit early eight nine weeks and still have the same that that taste is fucking so good it's almost unmatched i absolutely love chem it's just fucking such a beauty and uh to have chem and og hybrid flavor in sour like those the potential there is everything to me so that's what i'm after is just working these chems and these og lines together so, given your experience with the OGs, when you look at your chem plants, do you see any relationship there, or do you think they're just different? Oh, uh, there might be, there might be, but chems tend to be much leggier, and I mean, they they have, dude. I'm sure it's all somewhere tied together somewhere. There's a cousin or a mom or something, you know. But I just, they're just definitely different. So, 
I mean, I could say, yeah, I, I could say maybe I could see it because they both have a definitely have a gassy profile, like real OG and real Kev have kind of this this funk to it. But um, I don't know. It's one of those things where I'm just. Does it matter if they're related? It doesn't really. I mean, if they are, they are. If they're not, they're not. They're both fire as fuck. They're not going anywhere. So it's one of those things like I don't really pay much attention to because it doesn't matter either way. Yeah, no, understandable. So when you consider the OG high and you think about that kind of commonly associated terpene profile, the fuely, lemony, cushy type of thing, would you a consider that your favorite and b do you think that that's part of the high or do you think that that just happens to be the terpene profile associated with og kush and it's more like the cannabinoid profile that does it well our highs how we get high is all individual we all have our own individual cannabinoid systems and they react with thc and terpenes and your body it's actually terpenes that are kind of the driving force on how people feel when they smoke pot so um i i dude i've just loved the way that it's always has tasted gas like that profile and how there's no ceiling with og so like other strains i could smoke and after a couple weeks i won't get high anymore like uh keb sour og and, and cookie real good cookie crosses they are not like that. I will always get high if I smoke them forever. I could smoke OG for 30 years straight and I'll get stoned every fucking time. Every time. But if I smoke like Green Dragon or some fucking random strain from somebody, like after a couple of days, I just won't get high. My body will quickly quickly adapt to it. But there is no ceiling on OG or Cam or Sour, period. I don't give a fuck who you are. Everybody agrees with me on that. I've talked to fucking hundreds of people. It always gets you stoned, and that's why it'll always have its place because it's the fucking king. The king. So what is it, do you think, that is required in Australia for it to have that ability? Because we often hear this topic brought up um, among guests where they say, you know, like it's just got no ceiling. You just keep getting higher. Is it just quality or is it like a certain profile? Um. I do think it's lineage because it is seems to be the same group of plants it's coming from, which is OGs, chems, and sours, and, and cookie hybrids. So, I mean, it's most people are reacting the same way to most strains, but there are some people that are off, like they're not the same. And that's where I'm saying we all have different endocannabinoid systems, but a lot of us have similar cannabinoid systems. That's why we can agree some, you know, oh, this gets me really stoked. There's a lot of people that smoke stuff that agree on it. And then there's a handful of people that don't agree on it. And it's not like they're wrong. Their bodies just don't react the same to it. So it's not, you'll hear people talk about, oh, this makes me really nervous and freak out. You know, it's like, yeah, that's the way you react to it. It's not, it's not the pot. That's the way your body's reacting to it too. I mean, you probably drink fucking wine coolers and freak out too or whatever. You know what I mean? Like who knows Who knows what's happening when you get high? But uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, just on a little personal note before we wrap up on the OG stuff, one of the OGs that I really, really loved, admittedly I haven't tried them all. What do you think about Triple X OG from Oregon Kid? Um, I've never smoked it. Damn. Oh, that backfired on me. 
No, nah, never smoked it. Oregon Kid is a is an OG though. Uh, he's definitely not gonna be growing Snickle Fritz. So if he's if he's got something that he's bought his name on, I'm sure it's fire. He's definitely a, a an OG. He knows what gas is and he knows what dank is. I would definitely trust him. If somebody said I got something from Oregon Kid, I would assume it's gonna be gas in my head. That's the first thing I think. So I'm sure it's probably good, dude. Yeah. Okay. So, we've kind of touched on cookies here and there, and obviously, you've done some cookies cross OGs. Do you think that's one of the better pairings you can do with cookies, like cross to an OG male? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, dude, uh, the the problem with the cookie crosses is they all carry the same marker from the first cookie, which is an unstable marker. Like, it was made with CPK... That was an unfinished project. The CPK went S1 and either pollinated the derm or fucking something in their garden. I don't know what it pollinated, but there was never a male to female that made Girl Scout cookies. It wasn't like that. It was an accidental pollination. So they started selling packs of that plant that they grew out from that accidental pollination. And that plant had the same marker that its mom and daddy had where it would throw S1s. So every pack that comes out has a few seeds in it. Everybody in the Bay was buying cookies. So there was a seed here, seed there. People started planting. That's where you got OGKB and Forum and these other cookie hybrids. And they're just, they're just, or where people started making all the cookie hybrids. That's where it was coming from, was from the S1 lineage that was coming straight out of their their garden they think kept s1 on every everybody who touches that cut it'll still and it carries through into all the hybrids so nothing that has cookies in it is going to be like super stable i've heard people online complain and they're like you know a lot of these european breeders have way more stable gear and i'm like yeah and the shit is fucking 12 percent like if you want to grow fucking dog shit weed you grow it, dude. We're growing fucking elite hybrids and cookies, OG, sour, chem. That shit has a G marker that says, I want to self reproduce. If you're not going to give me pollen, that's what a plant's doing the whole time it's growing as a bud swelling the whole time in 1212. It's just waiting for pollen. The second you touch it with pollen, it doesn't grow like it used to. But plants that make big-ass buds, they don't make big buds after they're pollinated. They focus all their energy on making seed. So that's what that is, as that thing is swelling. It's just putting pistols further and further away as from its mass, essentially making a larger surface area to potentially collect a piece of pollen. So, you know, I don't know. At some point, at some point people got to realize there was never a male to female that made cookies. That's why they never sold cookie seeds. And then when they finally did sell seeds, they ripped everybody, Jigger ripped everybody off and sold them London Pound Cake and Candy Pain and all these seeds that were just mutant herby trash. It's, it's the biggest snickle fritz that's ever happened in the weed industry's history. It's fucking crazy. Crazy. But... The it's, I'm not denying the fact that they had access to one of the best tasting cuts I've ever fucked with. Whatever that was that did the self pollination in their garden, they they grew it out and named it Girl Scout Cookies, and that shit tastes amazing. But it does inherently have a problem where it wants to S one, and it did S one. 
constantly. And that's where a lot of that shit came from. And that's where a lot of the cookie offspring, uh, the cookie hybrid offspring comes from. It's from that. That's where almost 99% of it came from was their s wanting packs that they were selling to people. So it's, it's whatever. So do you think that they'll ever have to kind of face the music for the candy they lane did. stuff? They just did. I feel like they did just now. Jigga couldn't sell Jigga couldn't sell a pack of seeds right now if he wanted to. So I think people pretty much got the hit right now of what just happened. I mean, that was like I said, that was Snickle Fritz. It's, it, it is what it is. I'm not gonna sit here and talk numbers or anything, but they sold five hundred dollar packs of seeds. A couple thousand packs of seeds at five hundred dollars a piece. You do the fucking math, and hardly anybody got good offspring. Most of the people couldn't even get the seeds to pop. They wouldn't even pop. If they did pop, they were growing all mute and trash. And it's like it's just such a stickle for it. I just can't even believe that it even happened, and that they would even have anybody supporting them at all. Yeah, I figured that'd be a full hundred percent blacklisting. There's still people that support them, so it's whatever. But like I said, time wins everything, so you can't beat time. That's why Jigga disappeared. Jigga and Burner claimed Burner claimed Jigga's account just got deleted from Instagram. So fucking make a new one and get a shout out from your boy Burner. You'll have fifty thousand followers in fucking two weeks. But you don't. You don't want to come face the music. You don't want to see what people are going to say to you. You don't want to fucking face the reality that you just stole. A couple million dollars from your customer base. That's exactly what happened. So, just like I said, it's never happened in the history of the marijuana industry. Something like this. Someone with such a huge name that was held in such a high regard by a lot of people. Not everybody. But a lot of people did think that they had good potential to drop good seed. And then it was just the absolute worst seed drop of all time. Never has there been a worse seed drop from anyone small company or big company period interesting so do you think that we'll see them again we're hearing whispers in the wings of the community that jbz is locked into doing more projects for them oh jbz works with them for sure and they might release stuff under jbz but you'll never see jigga posting his little homemade colorful packs again remember how he made i mean if you go i mean you go back and look at how this all happened this was all just a huge stickle fritz grab so but you'll never see jigga talking about his fenial hunts and all these fucking f1 race car and all this shit dude the videos are just a joke man like the, the Fino hunt. They're just so fake, dude. They're all so fake. Burner's never bred anything. Burner doesn't know anything about breeding cannabis. Jigga doesn't know anything about breeding cannabis. Like, I'm a young breeder. I have a ton of shit to learn about breeding cannabis, and I literally have forgotten more about breeding cannabis than those two dudes together have ever learned. They fucking literally know nothing about breeding, and it's so crazy. Like, a great example is the whole F1 video on YouTube. And I hate to go in on these guys right now, but I just feel like this is this is a perfect time since you asked about it. There's a video where they're talking about what makes cookies. And anybody who watches it can see right through this. If you have any common sense at all, you can tell right away what happened. They were around people that said the, the word F1, and they didn't know what that was. They didn't understand what an F1 was. 
So they said that F1 was F1 race car that made as he's stumbling all over his words because he has no fucking clue what he's talking about. He can't just tell you what made cookies. Like you ask me right now, what made what made meow? I took raw and I dusted it with the PCS one stud. What is raw? Raw is fire OG dusted by Scott's OG male. What's PCS one? Wi-Fi three dusted by Scott's OG dusted by Casper OG. I can tell you right now any project that I've done, and it takes me two seconds to tell you what I did. If anybody that if you ask them, if you ask them an honest question, how'd you make this? And they go, you're fucking full of shit. You're a fucking liar. You're a liar. And it's sad that we've even come this far with such an important plant. And we still had people around us like that, that were just willing to just lie, just willing to steal. And that's so much. That's why I'm saying if you join this industry and you just don't lie and steal from people, you'll be in the top 20% right out the gate because that's what everybody's out here doing. They're all just bullshitting each other and lying to each other. It's fucking so great. It's like this one big grab to try to get in each other's pockets. But that that team and that story, it will go down in history as the biggest money, money snatch in all of cannabis history, hands down, the worst seed offspring of all time. And... uh they just had such a huge name and everybody expected so much more. It's fucking is what it is. It's crazy. And no, I don't think they'll ever be back. I know Jay Beasy will cover them, but Jay Beasy has his own fan base. So people will, people will still, they'll still make money, but they sell, they sell fucking toasters with cookies on it and backpacks made in Taiwan and shit. Like they, they sell everything, dude. They're always going to make money. So it wasn't about money. It was about integrity. And they don't got no integrity. <laughs> I love you for referencing that. So, interestingly enough, I noticed that you haven't done, as far as I know, you haven't done any crosses with Sherbet or Gelato. Do you ever plan to? And as a follow-up, do you think um, Shabinsky made the right call by kind of distancing himself from the cookie fam a while ago? Um, you know... I don't know his story. He definitely seems like an outsider to me, just a, like a rich dude that just has connections and stuff. He very well may have made those strains, and if he did, congratulations. They've had a huge impact for sure. A bunch of people enjoy him. He's not my flavor of person. He's kind of what I call I, – I really feel like there's two really – there's two really strong personality types that are in this marijuana industry right now one of them is what i would call the regulars and then one of them is called the hollywoods and the regulars are just people selling fucking dope and selling edibles and whatever you know we're just out here working and then there's the hollywoods that are all about the magazines and all about the interviews and all about the pictures and all about the let me get my product in this what does he got his fucking weed does he sell his weed in like some fucking super rich white people store what is it i can't remember what it was it was like selling weed at a louis vuitton store or some shit i can't oh, remember wow. what it was no it wasn't louis vuitton but i don't know what it is he he's got his weed in some fucking He's like all fancy pantsy type guy. And I yeah. it's just not my style. Like all those people that he works with are people that were not cool with weed, you know, ten years ago, five years ago even. So it's just a money thing. Uh, a lot of people are gonna be like that. And I don't 
think that he'll ever go anywhere because he's a hustling motherfucker and real hustlers they don't they don't give a fuck about anything else they just grind so i have a ton of respect for him in that aspect he's gonna grind it till the wheels fall off and uh i don't have anything to say outside of that i mean he is he is who he is i'm not personally gonna make uh crosses with his stuff not that i have plans two at least i mean if something tastes really fire and it breeds true i'll use it in my projects i don't have some like fake made up shit in my head where i'm not gonna use your shit because you know whatever like i don't like exactly who you are as a person that's fucking dumb i just i didn't have any plans on using any of his stuff that's for sure but um yeah i mean dude he's just he is who he is man there's just a bunch of people with different personalities and I have a real strong personality type too, so there's a lot of people that don't like me just the same. So I'm not I'm not too stressing on it. It's the way the game goes. And would you ever consider breeding with gelato or sherbet? Um, yeah. I mean, if it was fi- if I got something, if I had a cut and I grew it out and the weed was fire and then that cut bred true, I wouldn't be afraid to use it in projects. So to answer your question, it's not it's not. Uh, yes or a no like it's just whatever if it was something that i came across that tasted fire yeah that's with anybody's shit you know i think that's a good outlook to have in general right like you know just be down with whatever yeah no i'm just down to grow chronic and i've always just been about this plant like i like to grow chronic i like good flavors i like to make good hash and I don't really give a fuck about anything else. I don't care about the names or the lineage trees or any of that shit. I just don't care, dude. I just want to get fucking stoned. I want my friends to get stoned. We want to get bread and we want to live out our, our fucking human lives here on a good vibe. You know, some of us, we grew up so fucking poor. This plant is giving us everything that we never thought we would have, dude. Like everything, dude, that we never thought we could ever, ever touch. We get because of this fucking plant so i can't put into words how thankful i am to it to how thankful i am for the people who support pcs like all of it is a fucking dream at this point so we're just riding it ride that wave brother love it love it so i wanted to ask you because i think you'll be able to answer better than any of my previous guests really could and it's a bit more of a lightweight topic anyway which i think will slot in nicely here have you tried slash what's your opinions on that famous Oregon cut Jaeger? Uh, Jaeger. It's funny. I just got in trouble online the other day because I said on someone's post I thought it was fucking trash. It's just one of those cuts that you either like it or you don't. I don't like it at all. I don't like licorice terps. I don't like it does well outside and Oregon has a really rough weather climate for growing pot outside so it tends to be any cut that shows up that does well outside here everybody goes bananas for it because they're like yay something that's not going to turn into fucking complete shit by september (laughs) so it's like i get it i'm not oblivious to it if you're an outdoor farmer in oregon trying to eat fucking grow all the jaeger you can it's not something that i would ever use in my projects or grow inside i would never that's how i can tell a strain is good or not would you grow it inside would you grow it inside for your head stash like no, you're not growing fucking Jaeger inside. So it's just, it's one of those things. Dude. Some people like it though. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, but there's some people that, there's some people that like to get fucking 
chicks to take shits on them and kick them in the balls or they can't have an orgasm so people are fucking weird dude <laughs> like not everybody's the same if a chick took a shit on me i'd punch her in the fucking throat right in her t3 vertebrae and i'd snap that bitch's fucking your, your neck would be fucked lady your neck is fucked the next place you walk is gonna need a fucking wheelchair ramp because you're gonna be paralyzed that's what you get for shitting on me next question <laughs> okay, so let's let's chat about some other notable Oregon ones. Have you had any experience with the J one? Uh no, no, no. Alright, it's a good one. I like it. Anyway, what about Blue Magoo? Uh yeah, I've smoked it. Uh, I've seen some decent examples of it. Not not anything to super write home about, but definitely not it not as uh not as repulsive as Jaeger. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then my final little one on my Oregon list. Have you ever seen pink champagne? Oh, absolutely. Oh, I've seen the pink, definitely. And it's got a really cool profile that is champagne. When you open up a bag of a PC, that's exactly what you smell is a, a soft pink rose champagne smell it's fucking so smooth super cool to smell something that's like what i that's the uh, i word i use words like exotic for that profile it's kind of fruity but it's not like a fruit that you're used to smelling and um yeah i absolutely like that straight i don't smoke a lot of other people's flowers so you know, unless I see it in extracts, I don't. I don't smoke it, but it, I have ran across it in my time here, and it is very fucking good for sure. If it's grown right, obviously, like anything else. Yeah, lovely. It's definitely one of my favorite ones. Um, so you're in Oregon, where there's actually quite a good number of notable breeders around the area. Who are some of the ones whose works you vibe with? Uh, I've used Archives uh, Casper OG to build out my stud. And um, to help build out my stud, he was one of the three pieces. Um, he makes a lot of good crosses that a lot of people enjoy. I don't grow. Like I said, I stopped years ago, stopped growing other people's seeds. So I never uh, grow like any of his new projects. But he's from here. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of. Uh, I don't know, man, it, it's. I don't really grow people's seeds after after I decided to make the switch when I first got the really good clothes I focused heavily on production of my elite clones and trading and collecting and building my stable and uh, I just didn't grow a lot of seed outside of my own seed projects so it's hard for me to just sign up for someone and be like, yo, this guy is the guy who's doing good up here. It's like, I don't know. And I don't, like I told you earlier, I don't pay a lot of attention to other people's projects, how they turn out, if they're good or bad. I kind of just stay in my own lane. I'm hyper-focused on my own projects and my own stuff and my own journey. And that's pretty much the only way I can get it all done, you know, is just to not give a fuck about what other people are up to. So it's nothing personal at all. If someone brings something to my attention, I, I definitely will check it out. I just it, it's just one of those things that I decided to do a while ago, and it's been definitely good for me and for my energy and my time to not get all involved in everybody's anything. You know, I just don't. I just stay fucking focused on PCS and what we're doing. So, and I'll tell you why is because I spent many years not 
many years spinning wheels and not focused and not hustling and being all caught up in everybody's drama on here and caught up in my own drama and like what the fuck dude fuck these people like nobody here gives a shit about you if your page is shut down tomorrow do you think people are gonna lose sleep nobody's gonna give a fuck like you're just gonna be gone like a fart in the wind so you need to focus and make sure that you you take advantage of your opportunities and and everybody's life you're gonna have left and right turns and you can look back at your life right now all of you listening and you can go man i went left right there and i should have went right right there and everybody can see a spot where they went left and they should have went right and i just want to minimize those as much as possible you know what i'm saying for myself so yeah understandable frustration i get it so i've noticed this trend right where it's like it's not enough for like the meme pages to try to be funny or whatever like they've got to have their own little canner brand on the side and i have a feeling this is kind of what leads to their inevitable downfall what do you think about the meme pages in the community do you think they should just steer clear of trying to start their own business like our friend kelly terps factory uh, I feel like people are going to do whatever they're going to do. I really don't care what people do with their business lives. I like, I'm not too stressed on it. I, like I said earlier, time separates all of us. So eventually time sorts all things out. I've seen a hundred brands come and go, you know, over the past five, six years, brands that were so fast out of the gate that were big talkers and were this and that, and now they're just non-existent. So I'm not stressing on it, dude. Like, if somebody wants to make a fucking brand, make a brand, like, all power to you. I wish everybody well. Uh, I don't think that most people are doing it right. So that's why I feel like I'm just so comfortable with time because I just know that time works fast. So if you're not doing it right, you're not going to stick around very long. And, and you really can't count hundreds of companies that have just come and gone in the last five years so the reason why is because they weren't met for it you can go on craigslist right now and find in any city in the country you can find garden equipment for sale like weed growing equipment because this shit ain't for everybody a bunch of people think they want to come and do it and then all of a sudden it's not you know it's not the, the fucking grand vision that they thought Oh, shit, I actually have to mop floors most of the time. Being a grower is actually being a fucking janitor. I pretty much feel like a fucking custodian. Like, that's what it is. If you just, just a heads up for all you young growers, get a fucking mop. Get to know the broom. Give the broom a name because you should be dancing with that bitch every day. It's fucking crazy how, how it's a total title shift in your brain from what you thought you were going to be doing to what you're actually doing. <laughs> fucking funny yeah i can relate to that one a lot so just to kind of wrap up uh, this last little section we've been talking about matt wright has put forward this joke but i i reckon it would be great right where we have like a wwf ring at like the cannabis cups and people can like settle settle their beef in that would you sign up for it absolutely absolutely you find you you no WWF though. We gotta we gotta put some gloves on or let me actually smack some of these kids. Put geese on them and we can actually do some some uh, jujitsu or something. But no WWF as long as as long as I really get to fucking 
show them my intention. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And you just segued perfectly into the next question whereby I was going to say, how do you think jujitsu plays into the cannabis lifestyle? Because we see that they're so heavily intertwined in their usage among the practitioners of both. What do you think it's about the both that draw people to both of them? Uh, they, well, the first thing is probably the healing aspects of cannabis, uh, spiritually and, and mentally. There really are cleansers. Um, you can let a lot of shit go just by having a good session, you know, a really good herb session or dab session. You, you're, you feel different when it's done, if it's done the right way. A lot of people just abuse marijuana and abuse extracts. They don't really truly use it as the medicine that it's been gifted to us as. Um, Jiu-Jitsu players, I find, tend to be cruisers. Like a lot of jujitsu guys are just these like cruiser types, right? The surfer mentality, the fucking, the the fucking, the cruise through life type, man. And that's where pot is like it always finds the cruisers, man. It's a cruiser drug. It feels good. It makes food better. It makes movies better. It makes sex better. It makes jujitsu better. It makes things better. It's just the way that it is. It's the way it always be. That's why I, I thought it was funny that pot was so fucking outlawed for so long. And like, they finally realized we're never not going to smoke this drug. Like, you can keep it illegal forever. We don't give a fuck. So they're like, we better legalize this and make money off of it the other way. It's like, yeah, you should probably do that because we love pot. Like, people love pot and they're always going to love pot because it's fucking amazing. So. It's definitely not just jujitsu. If you go to the NBA, like almost fucking like <laughs> easily half the NBA smokes pot. NFL players, a bunch of them would love to smoke pot for healing their bodies. And instead of taking pills and shit, like it's not just jujitsu. It's just fucking it's the way it is. And if we really dove into it, we would quickly find out that a bunch of our school teachers and a bunch of our bankers and a bunch of like pot is just really pretty fucking prevalent in our in our society it's just one of those things that was kind of not talked about as much and alcohol was really promoted and people were kind of just quiet about it about the pot part but they were definitely doing it that's for sure yeah definitely definitely so you, you kind of touched on how there are some sports where the players would benefit from being able to use it but currently aren't allowed what do you think will be some of the first sports to open it up and do you think ufc might be one of them um uh, yeah the ufc uh the nfl and the nba i can all see in the next few years just releasing as the federal government's leading back and different states are leading back into legalization like it's only a matter of time dude we never thought that we would see this when we were kids if you told me hey man one day you'll be able to just walk in stores and buy pot and walk two blocks up the street and walk in a different store and buy a pot i'd be like you're fucking crazy but that's where we're at so it's definitely changing and and uh it's man it's changing pretty crazy how fast it's changing but we'll see I, I don't think uh, I don't think we're going to see anything but progression. So that's part of progression is is releasing people from its clutches of of uh, illegality. You know, it's pretty fucked if you have a job and you still have to piss in a cup and all you want to do is smoke a little bit of pot and you can't because you don't want to lose your fucking job that pays you seventy five thousand a year. Because God forbid, if you had to go make sixty thousand a year, it's like you're already struggling. You know, it's like they've got everybody by the ball dude it's really weird this whole fucking this whole story how it's getting played out is fucking weird yeah 
I agree. It's uh, it's kind of ludicrous in a sense. And you touched on how you know things are always changing. So let's segue back into some strain stuff. Things are always changing, especially kind of the hottest strain of the month. What do you think is going to be the next big flavor profile to take over the scene? Uh, I hate to toot my own horn, but my PCS2 crosses are really going to light up 2020 with the chem and the OG profiles coming through in, in a hybrid offspring like everyone's gonna find basically og chem chem og like you're gonna find profiles that are the best of both worlds like um, karma's sour projects i'm sure he's gonna do some, some more sour stuff but everybody's been loving his sour projects i've seen so many people post about his sour projects so i'm sure karma karma and the boys will come out with something dope for 2020 with that sour some some cross or maybe uh maybe just do some more line work on what they already have i don't know but i know a bunch of people have fallen in love with that shit so Hell yeah, you you beat me to my next question, which I was going to say that we I can see that you've started to make some new crosses with the PCS2 mail. Tell us a little bit about how that one's a bit different from the number one and what was its Genesis story? So basically, I just took my PCS1 mail and I dusted uh, probably 30 different cuts, 25 different cuts. Uh, I was just looking for, you know, good seed stock i still have a bunch of those crosses but one of the first ones i went through was the chem 4 that was dusted by the pcs1 and we found so basically what made me decide to use that was the female offspring that we found so we planted a bunch of those seeds and flowered out fuck 80 80 or 90 females and a bunch of them were just fucking chem and og hybrid fungi power so i i decided to use that same seed stock to select a male from knowing that that profile is getting pushed through in that seed stock it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to come through on said male but as we started checking the pcs2 offspring right away that's exactly what we saw was anything that was gas that got touched was fucking just it was like pouring it was like pouring gas on a campfire pretty much like that's all we did uh, we added girth to a bunch of stuff with the chem 4 and you could smell and taste the chem 4 in a bunch of it uh, especially the uh, the OG crosses the cookie crosses tended to take it a little less but you could still smell it come through like it's still there it's definitely prevalent uh, I think people are really going to fucking enjoy the only reason I haven't released them to market. I've let people get at them in my auction, but I've only released them at auction and not to market because I personally want to do my big fetal hunts before they go to market market. And I've just been waiting for this facility to get finished. So I have room to do my big hunts. Lovely. So if we look at all of the different PCS to, uh, crosses you have planned which one are you most excited for and out of the first release with the number one male what out of those was the ones that you kind of just decided you liked the most so out of pcs1 the best thing that we found that i think that i think i like the most is definitely the the meow um 
the the Scott's OG cut that I have that I built all that stuff with is so fucking dank and it comes through in a lot of stuff and it definitely comes through in that cross but it has a it just has a different different vibe to it super chunky and Meow is just been so consistent like every 15 pack you know every 15 seeds per you know one pack of seeds there's a fucking bomb keeper this is like everybody finds a keeper in that that cross so i absolutely love the meow it's done a lot of people solid and it's done me really solid we have some fucking power keepers uh, the pcs2 i'm pretty stoked about congo which is the zookies um dusted by pcs2 and i'm 90% sure one of the biggest strains of the year is going to be the Chompawat, which is is uh, the raw dusted by PCS2. So we're just, like I said, we've popped the seed. We found offspring that we like, but I don't want to say this is it until I do the 200, 300 seeds per, and I'm about to have room to do it. So I just figured I would wait to sell the seed. I have a bunch of the seed ready to put to market. I would just wait to sell the seed until I did my hunts. So it's just chilling. Yeah. Okay, cool. So just as a quick follow-up. So you just said it was the raw. What's that one? So raw is fire. The fire cut that I got from Rascal's crew dusted by a Scotts OG male. And when I did the big Scotts OG fetal hunt, when I found that Scotts OG female, I found like six males. I ended up flowering three of them and killing two of those three before they ever dropped pollen. I just kind of wanted to see how they were building their flower sets out. And I ended up flowering one of those Scotts OG males and I dusted everything that I had. So at the time I had maybe like seven cuts 70 lead cuts and i made a bunch of side project stuff and uh that was just one of them that i decided to plant and look through the fire cut dusted by that scott's og mail and i found hands down one of the nastiest og hybrid cuts that i've ever fucking smoked or seen in my life the the raw and it's just it is what it is that's why I named it raw, because it's just raw. It's so gassy, and everybody who fucks with it loves it. It's just super dank, super enjoyable. Love it. The rawest of the raw. So, uh, do you think it's important that breeders should be trying to hunt their own females? I've noticed it's a trend that there are some breeders who, the, the females they're crossing stuff to, it's just the clone only. You never see any of like their own strains getting crossed to a male. Do you think that's an important thing? Absolutely, it's important. That's what you would be looking at for real line work for people to start doing their own lines and stuff. Like myself, I haven't dusted anything that's not, I mean, maybe that raw cut, but most everything I've dusted has been me dusting clone only elites. And the reason why is because I just am brand new at breeding. So as soon as, you know, we get a little further down in the journey, there's definitely going to be different lines made and, and line work. There's really nothing I could do at this point without the space that I need. So I'm kind of just hanging out. And as soon as I get the space, I'll be able to expand into those projects. But without a doubt, it's imperative as to be a breeder, to truly be doing your own line work and, and selecting and building stuff from inside your own, uh, your own projects. 
What do you think about the idea of like a standardized seed pricing system where like if it's like an F1 and the two parent? Nope. Nope. <laughs> you don't even need to finish. Uh, love it. Love it. Tell me more. Tell me a more. Standardized pricing. I'm like, nope. We're all different, dude. And some people's projects are just complete dog shit. <laughs> they have no depth and they don't have any potential. Like I want right now, everybody who's listening, think of your favorite breeder. And once you have them in your head, I want you to think of all the strains they've released in the last five years. And now I want you to think about all the people that you know that still grow any of the stuff that they released over the last five years. And I want you to understand that a bunch of that seed that was sold had no offspring that was keepable. It was just seed that was sold to you as a customer because it had a name and you thought it might be good and it might render something good, but did it? How many strains have we heard of in the last five years from all of us, right? I mean, I'm a brand new breeder, but I'm serious. Put everybody's name into the hat. How many of them are, where are the, are the keeper keepers, right? Like, dude, I've seen so many menus come with nothing to be heard of from the menu. So it's just one of those things. I don't yeah. think that all of our projects are the same. I don't think standardizing prices on on how uh, where things are on a tree is is would make any sense at all. So, so out of all the breeders currently out there, how many of them do you think are actually doing like a good job in terms of what they should be doing and delivering to market, etc.? It's like a percentage. It's, it's a it's a twenty percent. It's a twenty percent again. Two out of ten. Two out of ten. There's right now currently people making seed for the marijuana industry there's maybe 300 250 to 300 people making seed for the marijuana industry and and maybe one out of ten two out of ten ten percent probably is a better estimate ten percent literally there's about 20 or 30 guys that you could fucking trust that you know are going to deliver yeah, it's a short list, man. It really is. But like I said, if you put billions of dollars on the table, every wolf, it's the same as if you put a dead body on the Sahara, right? Every wild dog, every coyote, every fucking thing is going to come. The vultures, the the everything, the lions, they all show up because there's food. So that's what we're dealing with here is, is just a budding industry and a bunch of people showing up to, to get get their due what they think is their due at least yeah so i think we're kind of in the midst of the the corporate cannabis takeover in a sense where do you see things going on the big ag level um i mean as far as growing smokable good product never they'll never compete uh it'll always end up just in extract form whatever they're doing whether they're freezing it or just drying it and making fucking crude or whatever the fuck they do you know i don't really i don't stress on them at all like i've never i've never been worried about anybody else that's not what bothers me about big ag what bothers me about them is their potential to control law uh, their potential to control my human existence because they are afraid of the little guys. And they always consistently show they are. Big industry knocks around little industry to make you know, all the profits available to them. 
that's what Walmart does. That's what everybody does. Like, I don't know. I just worry about all the smaller farmers, the mom and pops that are going to be turned into straight legitimate outlaws again because they want to grow some pot for themselves and maybe sell a couple ounces to their people or whatever. And that's not going to be an option anymore. It's just, it's the whiskey tax all over again. We're just living in some fucking alternate reality where the government shows up and just says, you can't do that. And it's like, fucking, why? <laughs> I'm not doing any, I'm not hurting anybody. What are you talking about? You guys are fucking liars and thieves and killers and, you guys fucking kill kids with drones and shit, and I can't grow a plant? Like, dude, we're living fucking some weird shit. It really is. Some weird shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, wild times, kind of Twilight Zone stuff. So, were you around when the forums were really big? No, I was, but I didn't. I don't use... I never used a computer or got on the forums at all. I was never a forum guy. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, I think you can still have a pretty good input on this one. Why do you think people reminisce so much about the forums, even though the general uh, knowledge of the cannabis community is much greater now than what it used to be back then? I think because they had it. It was a little tight. It was a little more tight knit. And uh, pretty much everybody kind of knew everybody on whatever forum you were on. Like everybody. It was just much more tight knit. There's a lot of outsiders now, and it's just saturated with just fucking idiots. So there was one forum, I can't remember if it was IC Mag, which you couldn't even comment at first. Like you had to join and be a member for a while before you could say anything. And then you had to like message people and then they had to message you back or something like six times before you could comment or some weird shit like that. I don't know if it was IC Mag, but one of them was pretty serious about just letting anybody come on. You had to work for it a little bit. So that was kind of good. Probably kept some of the people out, but. Definitely, I think it's just a, it's just one of those things. It was a little bit of a more tight-knit group, so no biggie. Yeah. So what do you think about the rise of the vape cartridges and everything that's followed with that? Ah, it's just dog shit, man. I don't, I don't have any. They're just trash. Just quick way to make a buck, dude. People turning all kinds of garbage harvest into processable money. It's what it is. You'll never, ever see anybody put really good flour into anything like that. So it's always just dog shit that they're trying to make money off of. I've never seen it be anything else other than that. So it's just it's one of those things, man. It sucks, but whatever. It's just the way it goes. Yeah, of course. So what would be some tips you would offer for someone who's thinking about getting into breeding but just doesn't really know how and just what would be your kind of advice about how they could get things started? Uh, first things first, shut off what everybody's going to say to you because people are going to tell you that, you know, you don't need to do it or it's not for you or whatever. Don't fucking listen to anybody if you want to breed. Um, make sure you have a nice, decent selection to start with, like a stable. Build out a little bit of a stable and just start. Make sure you're reading and understanding the basic concepts of what you're doing so you're not all over the fucking place. And don't overthink it, man. Just make some cool new crosses to enjoy. And if you get good at it, maybe people will enjoy your stuff enough to to want to buy it and you can fucking sell seed. And if not, you'll always have your own seed stock of stuff you like or backup seed stock in case the fucking world goes fucking D-Day shit and you actually have some seed for yourself. You know, like... I don't know. 
don't stress on it. Don't let anybody fuck with you. Don't let anybody dictate your shit. Make sure you have a nice little stable to start with and fucking do it. Some good advice. So, how important do you think it is for people to have a social media these days if they're looking to be like a, a breeder, for example, or an influencer in the market? Is it critical? Yeah, you're not going to be able to sell anything if you don't have social media. Like, nobody sells shit unless they have actual storefront space. Like, they have to have social media. That's where our community is, is on Instagram and social media. Yeah. And so I've noticed you've got quite an impressive following yourself. What would be some tips for people who are kind of struggling to get their follow account to where they want it to be? Um, Instagram's algorithm is pretty much junk now. It's busted up. So I don't know anymore about Instagram. But what I did back in the day before it was bought by Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg pulled his shenanigans was just post good pictures regularly. Make sure you stay interactive post a picture in the morning and a picture at night so you get two different audiences you know um, if not sometimes the same group of people on both pictures you know what I'm saying so a lot of people are on their phones in the morning some people are only on their phones at night if you post once in the, in the a.m. and once in the p.m. you have a good chance of, of people seeing one of the posts uh, make sure you're interacting with people and don't be a fucking asshole dude you'll be good I literally built my whole thing by just being me, man. Just interacting with people, helping fucking countless growers with simple questions that a lot of other growers didn't want to answer. Giving myself to the community for years, like just being available and helping people. And it's not something that's for everybody, but it's definitely for a lot of people. So don't be afraid if you want to get get your get your foot in the door just like i said don't be a piece of shit just start interacting start doing what you're doing and your count will go up i'm assuming if you if you're not being a fuckhead love it love it so in your opinion what do you think will go down as the notable cut from the 2015 to the 2020 period and by the reason why it's a very specific question like that is because i think it's pretty undeniable 2010 to 2015 that was really the cookies era what do you think is the last five years um, wow, I mean, everybody's different, man. Everybody's got their own, everybody's got their own thing. I really feel like there's been good projects from a bunch of different people. For me, it's just, I can't get away from the same stuff that I fuck with. It's just OGs and Kevs. Uh, they never, they never go old to me. And there's definitely going to be always new projects and stuff. People that are, are going to be making all types of stuff that I just don't have any interest in at all, but a bunch of people like. So, you know, I mean, CSI has made some really cool stuff, uh, some really cool uh, hybrids. And I, I personally, dude, like I said earlier, you know, it's just one of those things where I don't smoke a lot of other people's pot. I don't pay much attention to what other people are doing. And I stay super focused in my own little thing. And I think a lot of people take that the wrong way. They think that I'm like ego or that I like don't give them good energy or something because I'm like hyper focused on my own shit but it's the only way to get out of such a hole that I was in like people don't realize I came to Oregon with $800 like we spent 650 on our first month's rent and by the three weeks in we had no money like we we barely made it so everything I have I got from from nothing from zilch dude from starting from zero 
And I realized quickly I could get more for my family and do better for my tribe if I just don't pay attention to everybody else's shit. It's like, dude, I can't look my kids in the face knowing I just wasted fucking hours of my life arguing with some random kid on the internet or some shit. You know what I mean? Like, that's why I said I just won't. We won't do that anymore. We're just going to pull up and scrap. If you really have a fucking problem, we're going to scrap. If not, then I'm not going to give a fuck about what you're saying because what is that's it straight to the money yes sir all right so i think that brings us to our last couple of quick fire questions a little bit more yes noy type of things so first one what is the best bud you've ever smoked in your life uh either the crippler here in oregon that was gifted to me years ago and i lost the cut because i'm fucking stupid and i don't know the guy who gave it to me it's just a total random event um or the pure real deal og kush that i smoked the very first time that i smoked og kush it still to this day is one of the purest cuts i've ever come across and it was so fucking smooth and amazing so on the flip side what's the worst weed you've ever smoked Oh boy, that's definitely uh, that that Mexi, the Mexi brick. We've gotten weed from from Mexico that still smelled like gasoline that was smuggled in in the gas tank, and the fucking packs were leaking, and they actually got gasoline into them. And weed is like a sponge; it just sucks everything up. So, I've definitely gotten gasoline dirt weed growing up as a kid. That's the worst fucking weed I've ever smoked for sure. Wow, that that's a new benchmark you set there. But okay, <laughs> fuck you. I'm not the only one. Get the fuck out of here. If Let you ask anybody, anybody from Southern California, will be like, "Oh shit, I completely forgot that we smoked dirt weed that actually smelled like gas." <laughs> Big gas, boy. <laughs> that's where the passion comes from, right? Yes, sir. No, don't worry. I've I've certainly smoked my fair share of. You guys have smoked fucking aboriginal dog shit weed. Don't give me that. <laughs> uh, riddled with PGRs, trust me. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so let me put a spin on that one for you. What's the worst strain you've smoked, which commercially kind of took off a bit, and people, some people thought it was good, but you were like, no, nah, this is trash. Jaeger. Jaeger. <laughs> uh, Blue Dream, Jaeger. Uh yeah, those are the Jaeger's the first one that really pops off coming from Oregon. There was just a lot of people that were really liked it and were hyped on it, but I really think it was just because it finished early and it wasn't, it was something that would get out on the outdoor, you know, without getting rotten. So, yeah. Okay. So you're on a desert island. You can only take three cuts with you. What are they? Oh, that's, that's going to be pretty easy for me. I'm taking a Kev. I'm taking a fucking pure TK. Like a real deal TK, Chem 4, and a real deal Sour. That's it. Tree piece, baby, with some sauce. <laughs> Easy money. Love it. Okay. So, what is a cut that you've either lost over the years or never quite got access to that you'd love to get back? And I know you mentioned the Crippler before, so it's got to be something other than that. Okay. Uh, Bay 11. I grew out some seeds one time and i found a cut i found a plant uh bay 11 that was 
absolutely phenomenal. I, for some reason, didn't like the structure of the plant, and I just didn't clone it. I was very specifically looking for certain structures, and it was easily one of the top five best-tasting pots I've ever smoked in my life, and I just tried to revenge it. I couldn't get it to revenge. It was devastating, so... It's a bummer. I think we've all had similar experiences like that, right? Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, it still to this day still bothers me a little bit. Honestly, there's a little piece of my heart. <laughs> Alrighty, so on to our final question: If you could go back in time, any place, anywhere, where would you go? When and what seeds are you collecting? Um, if I could go back to any place in time, uh, anywhere surprisingly i wouldn't go that far back and i really wouldn't be there to collect weed seeds um if i had the trigger and i could just go any place in time i would go sit down and have dinner with my grandmother i would make her i would make her a nice tri-tip and salad and i I would just enjoy her company and her conversation for the night and um she was my absolute best friend and when she had me I didn't quite have my head on straight, so I was all over the place, and I didn't get to fully enjoy her energy, how cool of a lady she was. And I readily always, that's the first thing that pops in my head when someone asks me that, if you could go to any place at any time, it's always, I just crave to hear her voice, to um, enjoy her company one more time. Yeah, that would be the best for me. Yeah, what a beautiful sentiment. So, do you have any comments or shout-outs you wanted to make? Um, dude, all you guys listening, just understand a couple things about this industry. It is it is a dogfight out here. There's a lot of people trying to get in your pockets and trying to do shady stuff. If I had a dollar for every time I heard someone talk about somebody else ripping them off, I wouldn't fucking need anybody. It's just the way it works out here. So, be very aware. Keep your head on a swivel be kind to your employees and to your people that you work with so that way they don't feel the need to go anywhere else and you guys can build together be kind kindness kindness man be gentle all the other bullshit doesn't mean anything so we're we're gonna be in and out we're gonna be in and out of these lives really fast and uh you're gonna be remembered by your people how you were with them so just be aware of how you are as a person and when you get into the weed industry, do it from a good spot. Don't come here just for money. It won't work. You got to have a little bit of love for this plant. and she'll feed you forever. Lovely, lovely. So thank you so much, Coma of Prolific Coast Seeds, for coming on, dropping all the knowledge, and sharing all the insight. Thanks for having me, bro. That's been well. So a big, big thank you again to Coma for taking the time to stop by, have a chat today, and give us the download and all those different things. Huge thank you as always to our amazing sponsors, Seeds Here Now, Radio Ridge Nursery, Organic Gardening Solutions, Green Sleeves Merchantile, we love you all. And we always, always, always give a big shout out to the Patreon gang and the Dragonfly Earth family. You guys are amazing. We love you so very much. Thank you for all your help. Thanks for hanging out till the end, guys. I'll see you for the next one.
Euh, c'est 